There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Rarely going where no one has gone before. Welcome to the Captain's Chair, a Star Trek Lordex podcast on the Fangirl Zone. I'm Richard, Dave, and joining me on this mission into the unknown is... I'm Chief Engineer Steve, and tonight we'll be discussing Episode 8 of Star Trek Lower Decks. Steve, I heard tell this might be one of your favorite episodes. Is that oh, true? Yes, it definitely <laughs> was in my top five so far, that's for sure. <laughs> top five? How many has there been? Eight. Eight? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll move it up to top three. What, what the hell? High bar there, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think everyone loved my favorite I, as much as I did. I'm on IMDb. My, I thought the best one of the season was Cupid's Aaron Arrow. <laughs> and that only got like a six yeah. <laughs> on IMDb. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, it was okay. I'm like, ah, that's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> as last week's was very Star Trek-y, especially the Mariner part. Right. And everyone was, oh, by the way, everyone's back together in this one. I mean, they separated just about everyone last week, and now everyone's back together. So I think I prefer it that way. I'm not sure you can always do that. Right. But this one seemed to have more of a that frenetic tone again, how they started the season, where like things are just off the edge or kilter or just batshit crazy at yeah. times. <laughs> this whole episode was <laughs> batshit <Yeah>. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to hear from Fred later on. I think there was uh, elements of that he just didn't like. Yes. I, I can see I can see his point of view. Right. Oh, I, I still wonder if they have found their way on the show they want to be. I know they want to be funny. Right. But how do they want to be funny? Yeah, that's the question. It, yeah. <laughs> Should it entail elements of drama? Because that's something you can always play off. But yep. you don't want to get too deep. I think we had a discussion last week, like, how deep or dark do they want to go? You know? Right. Yeah. He can only go so far that yeah. it's not funny, funny anymore. Well, that's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just the big question here is how deep into a actual drama are they going to get? Are they going to keep it more on the comedy side? Mm. Or are they still going to be able to do some darkness with some comedy mixed in? Yeah. I think the way they repair their darkness sometimes is when they all realize they're friends in the end. Right. Well, I, I still got you yeah. or whatever. But they haven't resolved Mariner's big secret that the captain and the admiral are her parents. And they haven't resolved why she's always in trouble, what led to her on a fast track to become a captain or at least lieutenant and still getting shoved back to Ensign. Right. Is it going to be deep and dark or are they just going to say she's a screw up? And she's not a screw up. No. So good luck to them. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> going to be interesting. I can't interesting fix everything for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's worthy. We? I think it's worthy the note, though, as far as direction. Have we heard about season two? Not officially, no. Yeah. Hmm. I can't see how they wouldn't do it, but. Uh, no, I think. Definitely why not? Get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump in. Yeah, episode eight, Veritas, the truth. Mariner, Boimler, Tendi, and Rutherford are caught off guard. Shocker. When certain aliens force them to testify about a series of apparently unrelated events. 
So we open on Ketuvin Prime. <laughs> Ketuvin. Yeah. Where Mariner, Boimler, and Tindy Rutherford are all thrown into what looks like a prison cell. Though none of them have any clue why they're there. <laughs> sure look like a prison cell to me. Yeah. <laughs> what was that, Boimler at the, the beginning? The, <laughs> he's like panicking. He's like, look at the walls. Look at the bars. Jagged bars. And I've got a pottery class at 0900. <laughs> I know. Only him. Such yeah. a square. And of course, he yells out the bars, context, please. <laughs> Yeah, really. I need more information. <laughs> Tendy freaks out that they're in trouble because she replicates too much ice. Like, oh, oh I, I made a note of that. And like, who replicates ice? Don't you just make ice? Yes. <laughs> I know they're always lampooning themselves. They you just freeze water, but not her. <laughs> no, she's got to replicate it. <laughs> or not them. She has to replicate because she loves ice. I love yeah. ice. <laughs> now, somehow Boimler saw the senior staff get taken into another room and. <laughs> So Mariner tries to assure him that their current cell is much better than what a Klingon prison cell is like. How would she know? Exactly. Aha! A clue. Yes, very possibly. Yep. And whatever's going to happen is going to be no big deal, but as soon as she says that, their cell begins to rise. (laughs) Yeah, pretty classic. Yes. And they're brought into a dark room full of primes who are chanting and playing drums as they're brought <laughs> in. And it Star Trek, the undiscovered country all over again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very Klingon. Yeah. Klingon, Klingon-y or Klingon-esque. <laughs> yeah. And Rutherford spots the senior staff suspended in a beam of light. <laughs> and Mariner immediately suspects they're being put on trial. That is classic original Star Trek. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I miss that stuff. It's so funny. And when you see it roll into something like that, like, well, I know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> and they do. And that's all they do on the show is take the uh, classic and next generation stuff, especially, and they just tip it on end. Right. How can we flip this yes. type of story upside down? And they did a good job of this one. <laughs> yeah. Not completely. We'll, we're going to hear from Fred. Yeah. He has reservations. <laughs> yes, he does. So, shall we get on to 12 angry Ketuvans? <laughs> that sounds like a kitchen uh, utensil or something. Yeah. Have you seen the, have you seen the Ketuvan? I want to flip these eggs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we get Clar. Clar. I wonder what that's short for. He's yeah. masterfully played by Kurtwood Smith. And he demands uh, to know what of the wondrous events of Captain Freeman on the bridge in the Cerritos during a confrontation with some bug aliens named the Clicket. <laughs> not Cricket, not Clicker, Clicket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was our first clue that something was going to be tipped on its ear. Right. Uh, he wants to know about their wondrous events, and I'm like, what? Yeah. Uh, wondrous- <laughs> Don't you see the beam? <laughs> they can't move, they're not talking. Right. <laughs> Everyone's angry and the drums are beating. Wondrous events, okay. So we get a little bit of flashback. We go to the repair bay of the Cerritos where Mariner Bowman where Tenby and Rutherford are doing maintenance on the shuttlecraft. I think we pointed this out before, but you, everything in that repair bay is like dirty and grimy. And there's always some spills. Right. You know, it's, there's stuff dripping down the wall. That, that's so un-Star Trek. Yeah. Everything's usually immaculate. Yeah. And then down there, it's much less. <laughs> yeah. you know, Immaculate. <laughs> Looks like a garage. <laughs> it does. It does. Like, why would they have grease and, and stuff oozing from everywhere? They can't be good. No. <laughs> <laughs> so while they're working, Mariner and Boomer are having a debate on who's a bigger badass between 
Roga Danar and Khan Noonien Singh. And Tenley briefly excuses herself to use the, the restroom. She wants them to hold a conversation. Hold on. Hold that point right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's almost like last Every time she goes to the bathroom, she actually worked on DNA. Yeah. <laughs> to make her dog. Yep. I was wondering, what's she really doing? Is she really going to the bathroom? <laughs> but the funny thing is, uh, no, she comes replicating back. replicating eyes. <laughs> yeah, replicating eyes. Look what I made. <laughs> Sculpture. Probably a Picard or something. <laughs> and she comes in and says they're on red alert and they're all, they all look at her. No, we're not. Right, so. Well, I haven't heard the alarm. Rutherford says he messed with the red alert alarm so it would be even louder. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, yeah. And Mariner's like, what? <laughs> That's the last thing you want to mess with? Especially when you use the words mess with. What do you want to mess with that for? Right. So realizing he did something wrong, the ensigns all run out of the repair bay to see the ship is indeed on red alert and Boimler worries he'll get in trouble for ignoring it. And did you see the utter chaos when it's red alert on that ship? Everyone's like running around. Yeah. <laughs> in uh, classic Trek, or at least in Next Generation, everyone, everyone does uh, fast walk. Right, yes. <laughs> Let's not panic. We're not going to panic. Except on this, on this ship, you get their arms in the air and they're like zooming by, like God screaming. <laughs> Guy is falling. I know, the sky is falling. So, it's funny. Mariner and Boimler have to go to the turbo lift to get up to the bridge, and Boimler is unsure if he can fake it on the bridge, which, no, he can't. But no. Mariner, <laughs> I mean, he is so bad sometimes. Mariner's afraid they're all going to get kicked off the ship and transferred to Earth. Earth turns out to be the most, un, the way she describes it, unfun place in the in the galaxy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she describes it, and it sounds like a little bit of heaven. Well, that's yeah. the Earth I want to live in for sure. She's like, boring. Yeah, sipping wine and eating soul yeah. food. <laughs> I eat soul food. I want to but do that. That was a, a uh, knockoff on Cisco's restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Mariner talks about the time they were late uh, arriving for a bridge duty. Freeman obtained a, a map of oh, yeah. A map of the neutral zone from the clicket. Jesus. The encounter went badly, and they take offense in the fact that Freeman thanked them. What are you thanking me for? Yeah, <laughs> that's an insult. <laughs> How dare you? To make matters worse, when Freeman says to send them a message, Mariner interprets that as fire warning <laughs> shot. That was awesome. That's yes. exactly what I would do. Uh-huh. What are you doing? I wanted you to send him a, a dinner invitation. How the heck was she supposed to, no, to know no, that? Yeah. <laughs> And, of course, uh, Boimler was a five-star screw-up. You couldn't get anything right. No. <laughs> Shax is like, what? No. And the captain's like, what? You're embarrassing yourself, son. Yeah. <laughs> and the cat doctor is like, is he serious? Yeah. <laughs> and he got zero help from uh, Mariner, too. Oh, yeah. He was just left out to roast on the stove. Yeah. Oh, boy. Did not go well for him. No. Anyway, Clark is not satisfied with the flashback and demands to know more about the map and threatens Mariner with a tank of contempt, which is uh, full of giant wriggling eels, which is awesome. Oh, yeah, <laughs> especially if they're electric eels. Yeah, I know. They should have been like going. Yeah, that would have made it even better. Yeah. So we'll bring up the next witness <laughs> <laughs> as uh, we see Shaxon Phillips recruiting Rutherford. Because they cut, yeah. you know, he's just sitting there rotating stuff and just singing and having a good old time and just <laughs> doing his job. And they ask him, can you get a Romulan text and flight manual? And of course well, he goes, yeah, I can do that, but I usually do it at night, update at night. Oh, we got to have it now. Phillips is really, uh, he's a kind of a bizarre dude. He's like, right now, I, I'm not yes. sure I know of anyone that you can attach him to in the, in the real. Star Trek world, no. which is the, I mean, who would he, who would he be the uh, analog for 
I can't think of anyway. No one's that much of a dick. No. <laughs> I guess that's let's God, yeah. Nobody I very few people in engineering are that way. Yeah, sure. It sure isn't Scotty. No way. No, no. Not any, any iteration of uh, Scotty. Nope. Huh? No. I don't know. Not Trip. I mean, Trip could be at times. Yeah. But not a lot. And of course, LaForge sure wasn't. No way. And uh, ooh, are we thinking um, Roxana, maybe, on Voyager? Uh, I don't know. No, it's still I, not really. I not, no, not really. I don't think so. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, this is a guy kind of hard to get a finger on. Who this uh, guy is? <laughs> not sure. We're going to learn more if or or if we even want to. Right. <laughs> but we may we may find out why this guy's such a dick <laughs> or hardcore at least. Yeah. Now, of course, as soon as Billups is about to brief him, out he goes because when the update's yeah. complete, he goes out. That was kind of clever though. Every time he wakes up, is is a different situation. Yes. <laughs> He's trying to catch up with his own memory. <laughs> yep. Because of course he wakes up and. They're on a shuttle with a bunch of <laughs> knocked out Vulcans on them. Yeah. Spock and Spock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's named Spock. <laughs> yeah. And he still doesn't know what he's doing or <laughs> what's the story or nothing. And they get all leave the shuttle by skydiving. Yeah. <laughs> Jax just throws him out. Yeah. And he wakes up and he's... On Vulcan, below a TOS old bird of prey. Yeah, cool. Yes, it was. Awful nice to see one of those again. <laughs> Jax is crawling up. <laughs> I know. The guy's about as wide as he is tall, and he's trying to shimmy up this girder. <laughs> yeah. Arr, arr, arr. Landing gear. Yeah. And, of course, we see a, a Vulcan guard come up and... <laughs> Wants to know what they're doing, so Shax tells him to do the fan dance. Yep. Hey, what are you doing? You're distracting me. <laughs> it works. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and updates again, so out he is, goes again. And when he wakes up, he's in the middle of space. Yeah. He just kind of goes, what the hell happened here? <laughs> and then uh, it comes out of uh, cloaking. And he goes, yeah. oh, right, of course. Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> decloak- oh, right. Top of uh, the- he stomps on the door as if that's going to help him get back in or something. Yeah. <laughs> and Shax is on there. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, get over here. Because yeah. Bellops is babbling on about nonsense. And yeah. Rutherford checks him. And yeah, he's got a minute of oxygen left. So, of course, he has to hurry. And, of course, his time is running out for another reset. <laughs> and, and he's crashing into invisible stuff. But he finally gets on the shuttle. And he yeah, goes out again, and the next thing he wakes up, and he's at a Gorn wedding. Ah, oh, God. Gorn wedding! <laughs> That's something you just panic and say, Gorn wedding! Yeah. <laughs> now, of course, when they when he did get in the shuttle, he, auto, he when he pe- passes out, apparently he hits the control panel oh, yeah. and just psh, off they go. And you kind of go, you just left the bird of prey behind. Uh, and it looked like the shuttle had crashed on the Gorn planet. But- yeah. What the hell? <laughs> Hold on a minute here. I meant, to, I meant to tell you when he was crashing into stuff on the, uh, I mean, there's two look back to the original, ser- well, original series and the movie series. Right. From the original crew. Because I forgot the character's name, but she kept banging, banging into the, uh, the invisible cloaked, was it, it was oh, a yeah, uh, yeah, Klingon yeah. ship. She would, she bang yes, her head into yes, it. Yes. The, uh, yeah. 
forget her name. Yeah, the uh, oceanologist or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. So that was the movie series. And then, of course, the Gorn is the original series. Yes. The piece of strength against that Gorn is some guy in a rubber suit and Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> the good old days. And, of course, we never get the story of how he actually gets out of there. So yeah. <laughs> who knows? Yeah, well, like something in, again, tipped on its ear. Yeah. So, of course, this doesn't satisfy Clark either. So Sam goes up to hover over the eel tank as well. Yeah. Beckett looks at him and goes, aren't you paying attention? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know anything. Yeah. So and it becomes Tenny's turn to speak the truth. And this time about Ransom, she's hampered by the fact that her story is classified by Starfleet, and she makes these faces. Tendi's cute. She's a cute character. Yeah. And she's always making this, like, she's squirming, or like, ah, I don't know. And she got the faces. Ah, she was cute with her dog yeah. last week. I got to find out more about her background, especially the green, her being green. Yeah. It turns out it's just another failure. Failure to communicate, this time over the name Cleaner. She uh, fell into a covert mission aboard the Roiland Bird of Prey that Rutherford sort of remembered helping to steal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Using the map of the neutral zone from two flashbacks ago, the overly enthusiastic Orion ends up joining Ransom's special out force to extract the package from a facility on Romulus. It's all very hush-hush, and of course, we got black suits again. Yep. And her, fla <laughs> yeah, her flashback is humorously seen with, with bleep audio redactions and black bars to protect the identities of the team. I did like that. That yeah. was funny. <laughs> Can't tell who they are, but they're also hardcore, like jocks or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or Delta Force. Or like, ooh, ooh, ooh. They all had get the, the neck note? tattoo. Yeah, the neck tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> like, who's going to get a Starfleet emblem tattoo on your neck when you're on a covert mission? Come on. Yeah, I know. Way to go. <laughs> only only this, that's, that's pure locker room junk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So needless to say, Clara was not happy about this and sends all three testifying ensigns into the vat of eels, which for some reason is now being boiled. Yeah. <laughs> What's up with that? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there's a reference somewhere. <laughs> yeah. That was hilarious to see Tendi take on the tallest jar and just kick ass. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Out of nowhere, like, where did that come from? And of course, Ransom was even <laughs> surprised. She yeah, was just supposed to beam us up. I know, that was awesome. <laughs> Do your thing. Okay. <laughs> and she goes into, I mean, those those are great kicks and roundhouses, <laughs> chopping her way through everybody. What is she doing? I don't know. I thought she was just supposed to beam us up. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know. <laughs> nope. And this leads us to Boimler. With his yes. friends in peril, Brad finally puts his big boy pants on and <laughs> lays some veritas, which is that the lower deckers never know anything. I know. That's the one thing he's finally serious about. He's nervous about everything. Just hold on a second. We never know anything, so don't put this on us. Yeah. They can't satisfy this odd line of inquiry about the senior officers whom Claire imagines are all infallible heroes like all members of Starfleet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to drop you some truths here. <laughs> The bridge crew of the Cerritos puts on their spacesuit pants one leg at a yeah. time like everyone else, and they make mistakes. It's funny, as the viewing audience, you know they never make mistakes, but then if they do, it's just part of the, the plot. You right. Because you know they're going to fix it anyway. Right. <laughs> and, of course, he uses flashbacks to recall some fun and winning moments. <laughs> mm. Like when Ranson hit on a salt vampire. Yeah. And, of course... The time T 
Tiana thought she was in a parallel universe when she just was actually on the wrong ship. Fuck, they funny. all look the same. Yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> that was funny. I seen a, a bug Boimler floating in the air. Yes. <laughs> a female uh, shacks. And <laughs> yeah. And Billups comes up and he's the medical officer. Yeah, that was hilarious. Greatness. Yeah. So he declares the whole trial a sham, which of <laughs> course turns out to be sort of right. <laughs> yeah. Final and should be obvious miscommunication twist that this was never a trial. Clark isn't an interrogating prosecutor. He's thankfully he's a thankful kidnapped by Romulan's magistrate, rescued by the crew of the Cerritos. He was the package that all these flashbacks led up to, and actually, it isn't a courtroom. It's one of their nicest silos. I know silos. That's that's where you go and have events. Yeah. <laughs> What did he say? He got married there? Yes, on birthday? he actually yeah. said he got married there. <laughs> I got married. <laughs> and the bridge crew isn't being held in stasis for judgment, but in the beam of celebration, awaiting their story to be carved in stone. <laughs> and Mariners goes, no, 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 we ain't having none of this. Yeah. <laughs> and her mom actually has to walk her out of there before she says too much <laughs> i know she she bickers with everyone as though she's it in junior high or a freshman in high school right you did. no you did you did <laughs> and after getting commendations for standing up for starfleet ideals in the face of death even though they were really facing a party venue full of balloons mm-hmm. everything resets back <laughs> yay now of course Freeman says she'll be more open about it, about the missions, until our lower deckers start pounding her with questions. Yeah. What did Carr do to get captured by the Romulans? I missed that part, Mariner asked. Yeah, they're really zapped. I mean, because there's going to be plenty of plot holes. Oh, yeah. In, in Star Trek episodes. Even Picard had a few this season. And yep. she's just taking on the role of uh, the viewing, like, hey, hold it. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> no. <laughs> Tendy adds, why did you let them hurt us with eels if you knew it wasn't a trial? Oh, God. And Rutherford wants to know who was on that secret team that infiltrated the neutral zone. Yeah. And I mean, Boimler yeah. comes up with the best one of all. Why couldn't you just ask the Vulcans to borrow the bird of prey? <laughs> I know. Really, uh, how many times have you watched a Star Trek series and you're like, well, that didn't make sense. I love the show so much, but that didn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, Freeman yells at him that they're dismissed. And so they, we see Boimler and Mariner heading back to the lower decks. When Q pops up, oh, God. <laughs> Mariner basically tells him, we ain't in no yeah. mood for your crap. No way, no how. Go bug Picard. Yeah, he's an omnipotent being, and yeah. she just walks right by him. Not today. Yeah, <laughs> nope. We've nope. had a bad day. We ain't dealing. No, no games. <laughs> <laughs> he's so frustrated, too. He must have been so happy, John Delancey, to play that cue again, yes. especially in a, a comedic role. I mean, he always did comedic roles, but that was funny, too. Yes. <laughs> Speaking French, and Mariner goes, nobody speaks French in here. <laughs> Picard's no fun. He only wants to make wine. and Yeah. You may be shocked to find out that's going to make my top five jokes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
So we want to get on to a little uh, Easter eggs, boomer talk. I mean, we've, we've had some boomer talk oh, already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing we didn't get into is being shirts being ripped off. I, I could rip my shirt off right now, though. Yeah. <laughs> but being a boomer, that's probably not pretty. So no, <laughs> we don't want to, don't want any of the listening audience to picture that. Like, oh my God, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we mentioned Kurtwood Smith earlier. He oozed menace and definitely switched. After the twist to become just a guy trying to do a nice thing who's dealing with annoying party planners. <laughs> Another yeah. real world event. Yes. Your 22 minutes are up. But yeah, we 22 haven't minutes. Got to etch anything. <laughs> yeah, etch. Other people want to etch. <laughs> he uh, first appeared as the Federation president in Star Trek VI, the undiscovered country, and uh, later played Thrax in the Star Trek Deep Space Nine fifth episode, Things Past. In 1997, he played the role of Anorax in the Star Trek Voyager fourth season episode, Year of Hell and Year of Hell Part Two. Great episodes. <laughs> yeah. I miss all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. It was also great to hear Discovery guest actor Ken Mitchell uh, show his bunny sign as the Clicket Captain Twerk. Twerk. <laughs> I get it. Kenneth Mitchell portrayed the Klingons Call, Call Shaw, Tadavak in season one of Star Trek Discovery. Twerk's funny. We, we got a lot of twerking up here in the Northeast when we had, what's the name of our tie? in we used to have gronk sorry gronk yeah (laughs) (laughs) he was always twerk he was always twerking i'm like first of all what is a twerk i'm like oh being a boomer i had no idea but then we had to learn like oh god yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's enough (laughs) and uh here's one another one uh veritas is another take on a next generation namesake and by this time around it's even structurally in sync with lower decks the episode an episode about a secret mission that the titular lower decks of the enterprise d were kept in the dark about by the senior officers even though they were inadvertently embroiled in it take that enterprise d yeah (laughs) nobody nobody is safe from being skewered on this show no (laughs) no this is kind of like a funhouse mirror version of most deadly trek spy missions stories ever yes once again skewer missions that are just oh you guys are so bad at this yeah starting in the original series with the enterprise incident kirk and spock carry on an elaborate charade to convince the romulans that captain Kirk has gone insane which means that the enterprise can be can be in the romulan neutral zone on accident I don't know how they get away with that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you get away with the uh, foam rocks, you can get away with uh, being in the neutral zone by accident. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, was, it was later revealed that Spock and Kurt were keeping the crew out of the loop, mostly for plausible deniability. Whew. I don't know, with phaser cannons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we uh, fast forward to another Romulan-centric spy episode, the origin of Tal Shiar in the Next Generation episode, The Face of the Enemy. In this one, Counselor Troy wakes up to discover she's been surgically altered to look like a Romulan because progressive Romulan descents need an undercover Starfleet officer with them in case something goes wrong, which uh, I like that. I enjoyed that episode. Oh, yeah, it was great. We got yeah. to see Spock. <laughs> and all the, yeah, and all, and all of this was in service of Spock's underground Romulan peace movement during the next generation time frame, which is kind of serial in fashion, which is great. I love that. Yes. In Deep Space Nine, Garrick drops hints for the entire first season that he's not really a simple tailor. We find out he's an exiled agent of the Cardassian spy group, the Obsidian Order. Yeah, that was kind of cool, too. I liked his character. (laughs) Garrick was, yeah, he was a character, all right. (laughs) Yeah. In Star Trek Discovery, the Klingon Vok has his memory suppressed so he can become the human Ash Tyler. That was kind of spooky, actually. Yes, it was. He had to shatter his bones just to become Ash Tyler. Didn't he have to unshatter? Did they unshatter his, his bones? Or he just, I can't remember. <laughs> that was yeah. sick, though. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't I didn't think that character was going to survive. No, 
Then he still did. Yeah. In the uh, original series, a Klingon agent named Darvin just undergoes some cosmetic surgery and retains his memories, but still gets to spy in Federation grain supplies. That was kind of classic, too. That was the uh, trouble with tribbles. Yeah. <laughs> and it, that was back in the days when the uh, Klingons didn't have the same facial attributes, let's call it. Right. Yeah. And they didn't have the, the big ridges. <laughs> oh. Okay. Shax has Rutherford distract a guard with band hands. Like O'Hara in Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, Rutherford is thankfully clothed. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just like how he just goes into it. Do the dance. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's like grunting his way. <laughs> and back in the show, Shax, Rutherford, and Bill's using a, a similar design to the warp engine attachment on a Spock shuttle in Star Trek The Motion Picture, except larger and with more detail. Q shows up dressed in his judge outfit from the Next Generation series premiere. I love that. Love the chair. Yes. Love the stupid, stupid hat. <laughs> and we also found out that Ransom un- unknowingly dated a assault vampire. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, oh. He's like, okay, dude. She doesn't even bother. Yeah. Uh, back, I, go ahead. Yeah. Knock yourself out. Ah, assault vampire. <laughs> And good old Boimler rattles off a bunch of TNG, TOS, and TAS incidents to prove that those crews had no idea what they were getting into at the time. He caps off his mic drop, yeah, the horn, clunk, by shouting, drumhead, referencing the the original episode. No, Next Generation episode, same name. They had an insane admiral running a kangaroo court. Remember that one, too? Oh, yeah. And just a couple more Star trek things, Easter eggs, etc. Boyman brings up how Roga Danar outsmart Picard in a discussion about who's the biggest badass. Mariner brings up Khan referencing the space seed. He was a damn space seed. <laughs> and his abs in Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan. <laughs> and with his appearance as Q, John Delancey becomes the first actor to reprise his character from a previous Star Trek series, or in a case, multiple Star Trek series on Lower Decks, which made me very happy. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> So, just to roll it off here, I've got five top five jokes. <laughs> These right. are kind of like chain jokes because they kind of work off each other okay. and were multiple layers instead of just like a cube rolling by, which yeah. is a visual <laughs> joke from last week. Right. Anyway, number five is Pottery Class. He's got Pottery Class at 0900, <laughs> which is stupid Boimler, which uh, rolled into uh, Tendy's joke about replicating ice, which I, I kicked my foot in the air like, Ice. You just make ice. <laughs> Not in that century, you don't. Nope. Number four is another chain joke or a series of, of jokes was the Q ending where they referenced Picard and we referenced they have to do the test. Everyone just drinks wine or quotes Shakespeare. Yeah. I'm like, boom, 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 right after one after another. Also, number three was another Q-related joke when he sends everybody off to the uh, – it's totally ridiculous. Yeah, Alice call it, in Wonderland yeah, setting. Al- <laughs> yeah, they're either playing chess or they cards or is it soccer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was suitably insane. That was insane. Yes. <laughs> What are we right up Q's alley. I mean, that that was perfect for Q. Yeah, it made no sense. And, and uh, the captain's like, okay, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. Soccer, okay. Nope, that didn't work either. Uh. <laughs> well, that's rolled into the salt vampire joke. And then, then poor old uh, Alhambra, the, the ship that <laughs> yeah. uh, the doctor watches. Well, I don't know. They all look the same. <laughs> <laughs> Number two was the red alert everywhere. I just love that one. Yes. That <laughs> rolled into the jokes about hanging out on Earth. There's nothing to do there anyway. You drink wine, hang out in vineyards, and eat soul food. Yeah. <laughs> which rolled uh, eventually into the bridge and to send him a message, and she shot him with pacers. Yeah. That's not what it means. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Okay, my uh, first one was, I don't know, this one just struck me as funny. I just like Tendy's uh, contribution is tidying up the uh, conference room. Yes. And she, what should I wear? <laughs> Probably my uniform. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which rolls into the cat hair joke. There actually is cat hair that she has to use the roller. And right. then... <laughs> Which was hilarious. And then uh, she becomes the cleaner <laughs> out of that, too. Ah, I see the cleaner's here. She's yep, yep, that's me. Yep. Only they're expecting a wholly different type of cleaner. Yes. <laughs> and they suit up and go on this secret mission. And then she go, <laughs> he goes, cover our six. She goes, six what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I uh, guess I yeah. should be listening. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, boy. Awesome, awesome, Yeah, she's awesome, kicking so. ass. And, uh, and uh, the whole thing was she's just supposed to uh, beam him up. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, and Tiana's saying she better shave her. Beep. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I did make a note of that, too. Yeah, and they all, like, giggle together. Maybe you should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yes, good joke, Steve. Good jokes in this one. Yep, there sure were. Well, as usual, Fred from the Netherlands has sent us some feedback. Well, let's see what Fred thought of this episode. Hello, Steve and Dave. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Star Trek Lower Decks Season 1, Episode 8. From the beginning I thought this must be a dream or a simulation or something like that. Well, actually it was a party, but it took me a little bit too long to find out what it really was. In the concept it was okay, but just took a little too long. And what also took too long is the appearance of Q. Well, of course, we didn't know he would appear in this episode. But then when he finally did, I thought, okay, they could have shown him earlier and he could have had a bigger role. But perhaps he will come back in the next few episodes. And it was, of course, nice to hear John Delancey's cue, actor, uh, his voice. I think he has the record of most crossovers between the different Star Trek series. From Voyager to Deep Space Nine to The Next Generation and now Lower Decks. The opening scene of course reminded us from the trial that Kirk and McCoy got um, when they got convicted to Rura Pente. Though I was thinking it was something like that. I thought Tandy telling the story but not disclosing everything with the black boxes in front of their heads was quite funny. Of course, in medicine, we use that often when we do presentations and we don't want to show the identity of a patient. And that it at the end was a party, I found a little bit far-fetched, actually. Okay, that was all for now. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Yeah, I can understand his frustration. It was, it was a little far-fetched, and that's what they try to do on this show. I'm not sure that joke totally landed. Right. You know, where they tucked everything on its ear. It wasn't the, the destination, though. It was the journey yes. that got us there. The <laughs> stuff along the way was, was fine, but uh, uh, was funny, but I, I have to agree with Fred. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I tend to as well. I mean, yeah, the, I, I like you. I like the journey a whole lot more than I like the way they landed it. Yeah. But it did, it still made sense to me because they'd never seen the, uh, the primes before. So it was like, yeah. Who are these people? <laughs> and, and of course, they're, they look like, I don't know, evil lizards. Right. Yeah, I thought they actually growly looked like voices uh, and, and teeth. a villain from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of those made up monsters. <laughs> it's just turned its head. And then by the time they got there, like Fred said, it's like, yeah, okay, we get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got and it. Yeah, Fred, the blackout stuff in Tindy's flashback was definitely 
awesome. <laughs> Some of the stuff they do, I wish they do in the real episodes, like when they're trying to escape uh, custody or with the top secret. They say, okay, do, here's your pit. Do it now. And they're doing something totally way off plan. Like, and they all, the rest of them look at each other like they do with Tenny. Like, what is she doing? Yeah. <laughs> That's not part of the plan. <laughs> I really do wish we'd see that more often. Yep. Well, Fred, we really appreciate your feedback and looking forward to hearing your thoughts on episode nine. We'd love to hear your thoughts on each and every episode this season and looking forward to interacting with you on social media. How can the fans interact with us, Dave? I will tell you, Steve. They can go to the www.fangirlzone.com and click on the contact link where you'll find several ways to contact us via email or through social media. On Twitter, there's at Sawyer Steve, or you can find me at the Real ID Dave. Please review and rate us on iTunes and every other platform you're listening to us on, as good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us, as there are a lot of lower deck podcasts out there. Tell your friends, and we do hope you're enjoying our podcast. And don't forget to check out the other great Fangirl Zone podcasts. The ninth episode is on October 1st and is titled Crisis Point. So until then, remember, this is Chief Engineer Steve. Son, you're embarrassing yourself. (laughs) And this is Redshirt Dave. And you know what, Steve? We have a bar down the street, and it's called the Tank of Contempt. And I'm telling you, their best drink will definitely eat a hole through your pants. 